Welcome to episode number 20. I am your host, Sebastian Engstrom. And today, Nikhil Kale joins us. He is such a light work, and I'm saying that in a way of elevating entrepreneurs, game changers. I mean, whatever you're doing, trailblazers, the guy works with them all to elevate not just their physical performance, what they do in this physical world, but also realizing, all right, how do I deal with all this baggage, this this trauma, this stuff that's in me in my past? I release that so I can more clearly get after it, clearly see my vision and execute on what I want to execute on. We get into his story, how he just was stuck in this plane and got really clear on, all right, I need to just step into my truth, my reality and speak to it. Do it. That's what he did. Enjoy this phenomenal conversation. And if you feel like this is bringing you joy, value, bringing you up, please. I ask you, return the favor. Apple, scroll down, click five stars, takes you five seconds. Or hit click, subscribe, like, whatever platform you're on. This helps us spread the message to more people. As this is healing. If you haven't done so, check out the two CrossFit programs that we recently released. Methodical CrossFit, Gymnastics CrossFit program. They are structured, methodical, three to five times a week. I do them myself. I research and I've done so many programs, I mean, over 15 years. Finally, I put this out because this is what I want to do and what I've done, but I don't see anyone else doing it. It's not you're you're just laying in a pool of sweat. You can't do anything. This is actually going to get you stronger, more skilled, fitter, shredded. I mean, you're going to get the support and help from me in the app too with videos, instructions, and ask me any questions. Check it out, seven day free trial, 15% off with Safina Caps uh, 15 at safina.io or safinastrength.com. Enjoy the conversation with Nikhil. Nikhil, amazing to have you here. Freaking fantastic, brother. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's about time. Really looking forward to to dropping in with you and yeah, just sharing space. Mm. So we just did a breathing exercise and if anyone breathing and connecting deep is your forte the uh, <laughs> sessions and the journeys that i've been through with you have been out of this world everything from swirling green light in pyramids and seeing ancient figures you name it um, and you facilitated it what came up for you when we did this exercise yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for your willingness to just to go deep and to experience all the hidden layers of life. And um, I love the exercise that we just did. And what really came up to me was my father and forgiveness for him. Um, it's been a continual laid process, but that's what came alive. And then you know, seeing him in a happy, joyful, free place that brought so much joy to me. Mm. So would you want to go into why you think your father came up? Yeah. So, you know, we all have core wounding, right? And it's generally quite multifaceted, but um, I've had a massive core wounding with my, my father, um, whom I was abused by at a young age. And um, it's been a deep process of, you know, healing that and just, reconciling that and empathizing and forgiving 
And specifically in the last week, I was doing an exercise as part of a, a coaching um, certification I'm part of, which is to amplify pleasure, amplify play and joy. So if you're feeling a sense of joy or pleasure, you consciously, you know, amplify or elevate it. And I've always been able to tap into joy and blissful states just at a whim, but sustaining them has been an issue. And I've always wondered why, um, but it kind of landed a few days ago that I have an association with joy and feeling good and pleasure with feeling unsafe and feeling guilt, which is to do with the sexual um, experiences that I had. And then I was like, oh shit, like, because I almost feel guilty feeling too good or I feel unsafe feeling good because I don't know what's gonna come and take that away or, or mess with that. So it's been alive and another layer um, around that healing that needs to take place and um, shifting my relationship to the masculine and myself even further. Yeah, I can <clears throat> resonate with that deeply as I had a similar realization is that I am trying to recreate chaos and recreate a yelling relationship because that's what I experienced with my father and my mother at a very early age at around one to two and then they split up and it was very chaotic and it was a lot of yelling and that's interestingly enough what I'm trying to recreate subconsciously because I associate that with love which is mm. just it sounds insane but I don't feel safe when it's too quiet or when I'm happy when I'm laughing which is very interesting and um it sounds like it's something similar with you. How do I feel safe and sustain that within myself? Very, very similar. Um, I've been literally creating chaos my whole life and been running away my whole life and been doing, doing, doing and never really finding that fulfillment or satisfaction. And um, it's just funny how we perpetuate those cycles. Yet at the same time, you know, as you have also experienced, we've been... Uh, influenced in a very powerful way during our formative years, which have created these patterns and responses to life. And, you know, I see them playing out over and over and over again. And it's a beautiful awareness to have, but also I feel that we do deserve peace and we deserve play and we deserve joy. So I'm just calling more of that in my life. Mm. That's amazing. And I just, well, I want to honor you for, being brave and, and taking it there and being a way shower as you have been for me so many times and really accessing being brave enough to go into that practice. And maybe we can go into what, what is it? How would you describe what you do today? Like, what do you, how do you make a difference in this world, Nikhil? <laughs> great, great question. And um, at times that question is hard to answer because I'm so visionary and I'm quite multifaceted and a lot of my work is bridging together various disciplines into a new offering or a new service or a new technology that um, is beneficial to mankind but if, it, if I want to be really grounded and practical on one side I'm a, a mentor energetic coach I'm into trauma work and I use my you know clairvoyant abilities in that front as well to 
uh, help and guide entrepreneurs and well and and leaders and conscious beings to step into their power to heal their wounds and to integrate the various facets of themselves to amplify their creativity into the world and that's in parallel in parallel with some other areas that I've been working on over the past years, which has been um, brand strategy, um, user experience design, um, bridging technology in the digital space to help these individuals get the message into the world um, and to create more impact. And I've also been involved in uh, multiple startups over the years as well, um, working with things like um, well, working around the areas of consciousness and personal development and self-growth and finding innovative ways to assist the world. So as you can probably tell, that's my primary thrust is um, leveraging internal and external technologies to um, elevate mankind and to create more awareness. And yeah, and I also enjoy writing mm. every now and then as well and um, working on a book. So yeah so i initially started working and i met Nikhil about a year ago and why i chose to start working with Nikhil is he has the professionalism but in the same time there is this mysticism and there is this like he said a visionary way of going about how to create something and anyone out there i highly recommend checking out what does Nikhil actually do? And I think he might have it uploaded now. It's a, it's a sound snippet where he takes you through a journey. It will be on his website. I listened to that a few weeks ago and this is my mind was blown. Like he does this stuff, call it channeling, call it whatever you want, but it's crisp. He has never set it up before. And it's just, I mean, it's truth. It's, it's an alignment. So, um, Anyone who might have a project going on, um, or even is in the, I would say, exploring what is on the frontier, on the edge, uh, even in crypto, Nikhil is a very intriguing man to check out and even have in your corner. And the journey I am curious about right now, mm. how did it get, how did you get to this point to this is not your ordinary trait, your ordinary job. What, mm. what, what is your story like, even taking us back to the days of childhood in, in Australia? Mm. Yeah, well, I've actually been reflecting on the whole journey recently and really been like recognizing, whoa, my life has been very, very different and divergent. And this is why I've ended up where I am right now. But um, you know, I was born in, in Bombay, it's called Mumbai, now in India, um, and um, a family moved to Australia when I was five years old, and I was recollecting the memory when we were actually arriving on a Singapore Airlines flight into Perth, Western Australia, and we had about 11 attempted landings wow. on like crazy storms, uh, people were praying, projectile mm. vomiting everywhere, and um, literally thought I was going to die. And I'm like, oh, okay. All these transitionary phases of my life have been really chaotic, um, which was interesting. Mm. So in Australia, I mean, I had some family there and uh, it was, it felt like it was a fun experience from my, from my memory. Um, we had, you know, 
cute small home, plenty of space in Australia and had great friends and my cousins migrated over as well. So there was these positive memories of, of childhood, which, um, you know, I, I feel really blessed about. But then there was like, you know, some years of my life, maybe like, you know, eight, nine, ten, which are just almost even blacked out. And I do remember even being in my mother's womb, like legitimately. Mm -hmm. I have such a precise memory, but there's some phases of my life that have been just, you know, deleted. So those childhood years, there was, I remember being a lot of like anger in the household, a lot of things being broken, um, lots of like shouting, swearing, just general tension and being on eggshells. I really remember this feeling of like, when my father would come home, would he be in a good mood or would he be in a bad mood? And I would kind of like, I'd still love him so much, but I was very unsure about where I stood. And um, anyway, fast forward, you know, my high school years, I was a bit introverted, but then towards the end of it, I really came out a bit and started to have great connections. And after high school, I, yeah, like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I asked my mom, she said, do commerce because that's what she did. So did a semester of commerce, didn't, didn't enjoy that. Um, I did a couple of years of psychology and I left that because I didn't necessarily agree with um, the whole data facet of it. And mm -hmm. yeah, I was just kind of like in kind of going with the flow. There was a significant moment that happened when I was in that psychology degree and I got connected with a with a girl very synchronistically and magically and we ended up dating at that same point I started to this is into by 2003 started to see like the number 1111 on everywhere that I would look on clocks on like car number plates on receipts and I legitimately thought I was going crazy hmm. like because it was happening so consistently uh, I managed to Google it. And back then there was only one article about it, <laughs> something to do with spiritual awakening, DNA <laughs> activation. Now you can find a billion articles on that. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. So what ended up happening was this, I got thrown into like this amplified state of awareness where I was hypersensitive and I could feel spirit talking to me. Hmm. Mind you, I was raised a Catholic. So there was very um, rigid dogma that had already incepted my consciousness at that point. And my first point of reference was the Bible. So I used to like read the Bible back to front and just meditate on it and wake up at three in the morning and say these like very specific prayers from this book my mom had to the Virgin Mary. And I would literally feel spirit washing over me. And it was quite powerful and profound. Mm. And then I got the guidance saying, you can now close the book, the Bible, and just turn within. So I literally just went into this deep, deep, deep process of introspection and meditation. At the same point, the girl that I was with, who I said was my first love, um, she was going through a process as well because the two weeks into the, two weeks after we met, I was in her family's home with all of her family, watching her mother pass away. Uh -huh. like literally two weeks into the relationship. And it was almost like I was in some way destined to be there for her mm -hmm. during her period of transition and grieving. And she was there for me whilst I was going through this process, which I couldn't really make sense of. Right. 
And it got more and more intense as I became more sensitive and more inwards to the point that uh, I used to see like orbs of light just floating around me while I was kind of walking. They would just swing, like flow by. I would wake up in my room at nighttime then at least a dozen times I'd wake up and there'd be these phenomenally blissful and peaceful beings in my room. Sometimes it would be like white, sometimes it would be silver, sometimes gold, and they would just emanate this blissful essence and it would just feel ecstatic. Um, I would say that like I became so pure in the sense that like what I was eating, I couldn't listen to hip hop anymore. I didn't even want to like have sex with my partner. At least this was my perception of purity. Hmm. And as a result, like everything in my life fell away because I couldn't connect to this reality anymore. Um, And I didn't have any physical teachers. This was all some source, some awareness, something that was coming to me that was informing my process. And at the end of that, at the end of that, um, the relationship ended and, you know, it felt like it was inevitable and it felt karmic. Although I was quite upset and angry with that. Um, and I was also angry at the realization that had come forth um, with my sister about childhood and what had happened. Mm. Um, that came into awareness at that point in time as well. And this left me when the relationship ended and with this awareness, I was like, pretty much like, I was like, fuck you spirit. Even though I'm, I am a spirit, I'm also human. And I ended up spiraling or the pendulum swinging to the other end of the spectrum, consciously and unconsciously. Consciously because I needed to understand the nature of darkness and how my father could do something like that or how Hitler could do something like, like he did. Um, and also all of my own wounds, which I wasn't even aware of coming mm-hmm. forth. So the next few years looked like a lot of um, a lot of drugs, a lot of fights, a lot of womanizing, a lot of abusive, toxic behavior. And that would have continued. I would have probably ended up stabbed in jail. Um, I don't know. I remember on my 19th birthday, um, got in a got in a really big fight, but it was about five or six people on just me and my friend. And I got knocked out and I, I woke up I woke up in the hospital and my friend was there and we were actually having an argument together and it kind of grew into this thing, but I had this, I had this massive like wound here on my skull and me, like doctor was like, like I wanted to check myself out. The doctor's like, have you seen your face? And he showed it to me. And because I'm just like a stubborn young boy, I'm like, fuck you, I'm leaving. And I just walked home. But that scar, like it turned into a massive lightning bolt, like Harry Potter like exactly like that, which I thought was interesting. And um, at the same time, I probably have probably got some brain damage from that in hindsight, because who knows like what these impact wounds have in your life. But irrespective, I ended up getting a job um, when I was 21, working in an airlines in the Middle East. And this was just totally out of left field. Hmm. Like a friend of mine who had tried to do it like five times and she never made it through asked me to come with her to the interview. I was like, okay, whatever. I went there high and I got it in. And apparently it's very, very hard to get this job. And then I left the country within two months and that was a saving grace. And I'll, I'll just kind of 
pause there if there's any questions before I kind of continue to part two and part three. Yes. So the anger that came up, how do, how did that not show up earlier like going into the trauma? Like what is mm. it explaining to anyone listening to this? Like you were saying all of a sudden these memories started coming up. What do you, what do you think happened and why was it? <clears throat> Maybe it's protective mechanism. I'm sure you know. So during that period of time, there was, I didn't have any mem real memories. My sister had spoken to something mm. and I just recognized it. Little did I know that I had similar experiences, right? I, because I had at this point repressed any memories or trauma so deep inside of me that I would not have any recollection that this even happened. Although I did have like, I just hated my father. A, I just didn't want anything to do with him. And also just my relationship to myself and to the world was just quite skewed. And I just couldn't make sense of it. So I was almost like in survival and just like moving through the motions, trying to find a sense of identity as a teenager, who am I in the world, knowing that I'm different and just finding things that make me feel safe, like, you know, basketball or, you know, smoking weed or just hanging with the crew and like almost looking for like pseudo ways to have my inner child feel, feel safe and feel expressed, but not really having any clarity around that in any way, shape or form at that point. Mm. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah. So the next nine years was, you know, living in Dubai and um, my life was great because I pretty much severed my connection to source after that saying, fuck you. And um, so I was just flying around the world, um, partying when I was single, partying pretty heavily when I was single and still getting into fights in Dubai, which was actually very lucky. I didn't end up in jail because that's what happens there. Um, and yeah, just kind of traveling the world and having new experiences, meeting new cultures. And um, towards the end of my stint there, my uh, childhood sweetheart actually joined the company and we reconnected mm. and we ended up uh, getting married. And that was also me just ticking the boxes and what I thought was like, well, you know, this is what you do in life. And she ticked the boxes. She was beautiful, Be got along really well <laughs> that's pretty much you know pretty, pretty much pretty much it right and um, although there's i feel a very strong karmic connection with her and something that we were obviously working through but i finished my degree whilst i was flying over there so also to tick the box right because i'm like as an indian son i'm like well mom wants me to get my degree so i did it online i used to just sit in sit the exams in dubai business degree i didn't really learn anything from the degree hmm. other than the fact that well hmm, maybe i could start a business which was which was worth the whatever 30 dollars investment anyway yeah. so um i had pretty much reached the peak as a cabin crew because i was the manager the youngest manager in the airline funnily enough after reflecting recently i realized i've always been a high performer in my own way but hmm. just never really like recognized that because I've, I think that this is just the norm. Like I've got no choice but to just go for everything full on, but that also traces back to trauma. 
But anyway, when so, it was time to leave, quick, so I'll... you were you were part of the cabin crew, and that's so, so yeah. you were on the plane every single day. Yeah, I was. Well, pretty much, like I would say, half of for half the month, I was in in Dubai, right? Mm -hmm. And the other half of the month, I was flying and in layovers. So, oh. so I've been to about seventy countries, hmm. and it was intense. I had no body clock for nine years. Yeah, you know, after after being a cabin crew for like two years, you you, you come to organs, right? And if after three years, and this is roughly um, aviation physiology, you can't serve in a jury. Hmm. which just goes to show how that affects your body. What was your, <clears throat> how, for me, having a rather structured schedule, knowing when I go to sleep, eat, what I eat and so forth, how, how do you feel that affected you and your health and even other people in that industry? I mean, they look, at least from the outside, fairly healthy. But what is it really like? <laughs> A lot of makeup. Um, yeah, uh, it, I would say, honestly, it took me about, once I left, about two years to really feel stable again. And mm. the two years that I had afterwards felt equivalent to the nine years that I flew time because my perception of time and relativity was totally skewed. I was living roster to roster, like date to day, airport code to airport code, no anchoring point. And as a 20 year old, like it was probably the best thing I could have done. I mean, that's relatively, it was just fun. I had the energy for it and it was, you know, like fast paced and dynamic, especially coming from Perth, which is such a small town quite backward and it was very unhealthy to be in a consistent zombie state mm. and feel like that's your baseline because you get so used to it yep. right so it affected me and it's probably i'm probably still affected by it and there's probably some connection to like you were speaking to the chaos that i was trying to replicate as a child because this just felt dynamic and novel enough to stop, to kind of stop me from feeling whatever wanted to be felt deep down within mm. me, hmm. right? But it was fun. And I traveled business class for like $200 for like years on end. Okay, nice. Yeah, the perks. <laughs> so what made you leave the yeah. industry? Yeah, it was, it was like this because I had, I was in that role, you know, for a few years and the next step would to be like some, like a, a corporate role, essentially, mm -hmm. like on ground or to become the person that audits the managers on board. And, and for me, if I had to live in Dubai, I would probably kill myself because it's an absolutely soulless place and mm -hmm. just not for me, at least like doesn't allow me what I need to thrive. And plus I didn't want to be in corporate and I just finished my degree and I had an idea for a business. So as cabin crew, we used to get like extremely good discounts and like VIP entry at all the cool bars, nightclubs and restaurants uh, and the gyms in, in Dubai. And I was like, well, what if I replicate this model for, you know, like the, the youth, young adults in Perth, 
and just like it could be very lucrative. So that was the idea that I had. So I came back to Australia with an idea and I decided to implement it. And that was my first, uh, my first business. Hmm. How did it go? Well, it, there was a lot of learning. So initially my idea was to um, get the businesses on board to partner with to, and to create like a, a card, right? Cause we'd have like a little card and I did that. I bought a printing machine and got some businesses on board, but realized very quickly that um, I didn't have the, the leverage or the networks to really like get everything in motion, but I'm, I'm very resourceful and, I did connect with one individual who had an entertainment business and they would do a lot of the big clubbing nights and connected in the food and beverage scene and then ended up um, partnering with them and starting to build. Um, and we ended up getting about a hundred businesses on board in a pretty short period of time and decided that, well, we need an application. So I ended up, building an app myself i'm not an app developer because i just hacked a wordpress website and built a hybrid app hmm. uh, using a, another service and it was a fully functional on the apple store and on android um this is what this was almost before it kind of had an opportunity to succeed um there was some internal issues within the team dynamic a, I'd given too much equity away. I didn't know. B, their own company, they were going through a $1 million, uh, like a, essentially money in escrow that they were about to lose. And that energy kind of like was infused into the dynamic. And I just didn't feel like ready. I didn't feel like I was, yeah, ready to push the button on it because it felt like some things were out of integrity. Um, and it was a lot of lessons I learned from that, like mm. a lot of big lessons. And if I were to do it again, I would do things totally differently. Mm. Yeah. And what, how did life turn out for you as a next step after this? That was a very pivotal next step. Um, so decided to leave that behind. And my, at that point I was married. So my ex-wife was also part of the business. We decided to leave it and, I had one more free business class ticket left mm -hmm. um, to use. And um, my uh, the, my wife at that point wanted to um, try an acting course in New York. So I'm like, okay, so let's go to New York and went there and uh, we lived in, in Brooklyn for a few months. And while I was there, I was like, you know, just wanting to, um, yeah, like further, develop myself as a business owner and entrepreneur. And I decided to start to do some branding and building websites while she was doing her training. And at the end of that experience, um, she essentially told me that she had feelings for one of the actors in the acting course. And of course I was kind of like upset, but at the same time, deep down, I was like happy because mm -hmm. I knew that this was an opportunity for me to return home to self and I could feel like there was there was like a call inside of me to go in and to go deep because mm. even in my relational dynamic I didn't have that with her it, you mm -hmm. know it was loving but surface level and not deep so that opened up a lot and when we came back to Australia it was you know maybe a couple of months of 
the decoupling process because it's not just hard and fast because we both still care for each other. And this is when I said to myself, before I get into a relationship again, I want to heal my relationship issues, right? Because I'm not perfect either, nor is she, nor is any of us, but I wanted to understand my own patterning. So I did some, you know, some reading some books, watching some videos, and then I decided to do some Tantra work. And for those who don't know, um, Tantra is a practice of connecting with your your life force, your sexual energy, your awareness to um, to essentially activate your consciousness and to integrate your polarities and to come into wholeness. Um, and within this workshop I did, it kicked up a lot of sexual energy and then it kicked up a memory about my childhood mm. and childhood abuse. And uh, I did, you know, I did have some indications prior um, which had come to my awareness, but this is the first time where it felt like, whoa, like this is something very significant and painful. And then that began a few years journey of just deep, deep, deep work. Hmm. Yeah. What was, how did that deep work, what did that look like? Well, it looked like initially, so in those first few months, after, you know, leaving the relationship and getting the divorce and just kind of sitting with feelings. I remember one night I was with some, some old friends and they were all about to go partying that night. And um, I'd heard about like somewhere microdosing LSD somewhere. And I was speaking to one of the guys about it. And interestingly enough, he was an engineer that was working from home, living with my friend. And he, he's an artist as well. And he goes, hey, like, uh, I've got some here. Do, do, do you want one? So you can go and, you know, experiment. I'm like, okay, cool. So I had this little tab and um, then we went out to the nightclub and uh, we had like a little VIP area at the back and um, there was some substances happening there. But um, anyway, I go, to my, I go to my other friend. I'm going to take this tab now. And they're like, what? I was just like, I was feeling very apathetic at this point in my life. Relationship had ended, like feeling like this strangeness inside of me and just like, whatever, right? And I dropped this tab of acid and needless to say, half an hour, my whole world was absolutely blown away in the most powerful way imaginable. Hmm. So it just, it came on really strong and there was some uh, some MDMA in my system as well. So this heart opening and I could literally feel the life around me. And there was two girls with us and I would literally see one of the girls shape-shifting forms in front of me. Mm. And I go to her, I go like, I'm sorry if this is weird, but I want to tell you something. And she's like, she gets it because she has worked with, you know, some psychedelics before. And I was speaking to her about three different lifetimes and specifically, I was speaking to her about her childhood, how she was on a farm and with these cows. And she was just like blown away. Like mm. she was like in tears because I could literally see into her childhood. And um, I learned a lot that night. I could see how energy worked in the nightclub, seeing the contrast mm. of holding my other, my my friend's girlfriend and she's loving and having the, the room lit up and then seeing people essentially possessed by alcohol and drugs and seeing them being possessed and mm. 
then going home that night and just having seen birds and light and then the next day realizing that every single thing that I've ever thought was a reality was a total construct and a total lie and then the next week or but two weeks later I decided to purchase another tab and I locked myself up in my room and just went in because I needed to understand mm. like what is this mm-hmm. that opened up a gateway of exploration um which because I realized very quickly that certain substances allow me a direct interface with my subconscious and unconscious and because I feel very confident in exploring those realms solo I was able to but not everybody has that capability mm-hmm. it's just that I have something within me within my ancestry within my soul that the unconscious astral not physical realms they're very natural I feel very at home there so there was a lot of exploration there a lot of um, books workshops and um, what really was a powerful moment was when I I was living with uh, Stephanos whom you you know and um, I was living with him and at his at his beautiful family home in Fremantle Australia and we were meant to go on a journey together um, with acid. And that day he felt he was really sick. So he was just decided just to kind of stay and hold space. And I was really going through a very tough time because I was feeling this deep pain within my being, within my psyche, like and like just lack of forgiveness. And I couldn't, I don't know what to do about it. So my approach was I'm going to take about 600 micrograms of acid heroic dose and just shatter my psyche open. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I ended up just literally being destroyed within to the point that if I ever had one thought, the thought would just be these shards and fragments that would just be across the realm of my consciousness. And I was just like, put me back together life. Um, before I was put back together, I did arrive at a place within myself where I was able to forgive my father, hmm. truly, truly. And, um, and that was beautiful. And then somehow my consciousness came back together. But I remember I was on another planet learning some other language and I was like all over the place. And funnily enough, Stephanos thought I was pretty much, he thought I was the whole time I was like sober. He's like, but you look <laughs> so sober, <laughs> like, which is really hilarious. And, um, and then look, and then after that, I inevitably decided that it was time to leave Perth. I, got, I felt the call to Bali. It was either mm-hmm. Bali or Kauai Re- or really, Peru. Re- really quick before we, we step into that, yeah. for those who don't know, who is Stefanos? What does he do? Yeah, so uh, Stefanos is a phenomenal um, leader. He's a you know, relational alchemist. He's a, um, he's a coach. He's a, he's a healer. He's a very, very embodied masculine um, being who is really a great example of what it means to be an embodied man um, in this day and age. And he was actually the first example of healthy masculine mm. in my life. And thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to share one more thing during when I was living with him, which is going to connect to the story. Uh, during the whole Me Too movement time um 
like I had written a post. I was in, I was in the um, computer room. Steph was in the living room. I did a post around when I was in Emirates. Oh, maybe you can. Oh, anyway, it's fine. I was in the airlines. <laughs> there was a moment in the first three months that I had been date raped, right? Like by by a male. Okay, and mm. I there's something that I I didn't really know what had happened until some years later when a situation arose that brought it into my awareness, right? And I won't go too much into that, but I did the post and I'm like, just speaking in my candid way about, well, you know, I've experienced this and this and that, and I, and humanity is essentially speaking to how fragmented our collective psyche is and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then Steph comes into the room and he's like, are you, like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, like, I didn't think anything of it. But for the first time, like he really like connected to me and was like, hey, like this is something that's big that's here. And then that kind of like opened up like a deeper introspection to be seen by some by someone that really cares about you and opening up that, like that was very, very significant um, for me. And throughout my journey still to this point, he is... Um, you know, is, is the mentor and a dear brother of mine and a safe space for the exploration of certain facets that can be quite challenging, right? And I, it's important for, honestly, everyone to have someone like that um, and not necessarily have to do it alone their whole life, which has been my approach for the most part, which is just good up to a point that is destructive. Yes, and I encourage anyone who feels called to like, oh, who is this Stefanos Sifandos? So Google his name, you'll find his stuff. I have personally engaged with quite a bit of his work as well. And it's just, it's phenomenal. His wife, Christine Hassler, just incredible couple together. So uh, thank you. I mean, amazing how the two of you connected and just what you do in this world. Yeah, no, it's, it's a blessing. Sometimes, you know, life sends you uh, angelic beings right? And throughout my life, and I'm sure throughout your life as well, um, the right people have popped up and have been able to provide and gift, whether it's an experience or a friendship, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, he's been a very beautiful influence. And yeah, and after that, I was being called somewhere to somewhere powerful, somewhere like Peru, like or Kauai or Bali. I was about to go to either of those places. And then Bali was the space and that was another deep dive into you know just unfolding and unraveling and being held whilst different things were coming up and there was one point in time where I was literally very very close like I was like I don't I can't live anymore like it was literally I was on the edge and I actually had a friend from Perth who's a very intuitive she just called me she sensed me and was asking me, you know, am I okay? Like, you know, what's happening? And even at that point, um, I was speaking with, with Stephanos and even he held me while I had a very, very, very powerful release and deep release. And mm. this is the thing, the healing has been layers. It's layers, layers, layers. It's, it's a long um, and challenging process. It can be easier with the right assistance, with the right guidance. Um, which I wish I had, but so be it. So yeah, Bali did the thing. I was, you know, serving clients online. 
um, assisting them with their business, with their embodiment. And, um, and then, yeah, then I was, I was offered a role as a creative director in a blockchain startup. And, um, you know, the kind of timeline went on and I was working in a startup, developed my own business, all while creating ample space for introspection and healing. And honestly, that's been like 70% of my energy in the last six years has just been being with self, like feeling unfolding. So hearing this from the outside, it sounds like you're you're on this path of exploration and you're opening up and you're coming to all these realizations. You're you're forgiving your father and then you come to a point where you're almost considering taking your life. How it's it's um it comes as a bit of a surprise. What was it that happened there that maybe we as listeners don't necessarily see or feel or understand? Yeah, so what it is, is the literal discomfort in the nervous system and the emotional heaviness and density that shrouds any sense of clarity, meaning or purpose and just creates the sense of like, Ugh, being in this body is too painful. Hmm. Acknowledging that the trauma, all of our trauma is stored in our body in our cells, in our nervous system. And mm -hmm. if that hasn't been harmonized, it's like we keep operating from there. And it's like, I was like, ah, I, I don't know how to shift this. And it's just too much and fuck it. Like I'd rather just not be here, but I'm also, I'm, I know too much that like, I, I wouldn't, I, like, I, I wanted to go, but I'm like, oh, like, I'm just gonna have to come back and experience the same shit again. So it's kind of like in a dilemma. It's like, fuck, the pain is here whether I kill myself or not. Mm. At least how, how I see it. Has that been left behind or is this still coming up? So it's, in, with respect to being here, I made an agreement with myself in a very deep state that I'm, I'm, I choose to be here on this planet. Mm. I, I, made, I made peace with that. And I said to myself, um, and actually that was, I think that was actually that same big acid journey, which I was on. I was like, I'm going to be here, but if I'm going to be here, I'm going to live like full out. I'm never going to hold back mm. on my truth. And it is what it is because I'm, and I'm going to, I'm not going to live life by anybody else's terms other than my own, which is how I live my life anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. Mm. So from Bali, you stay there while you're with in the creative director role. Yeah, I was, I, I was, I was based there. Um, I did a, a bit of travel around, but Bali was was home base for some for some period of time, and uh, yeah, and there was some big lessons in that startup as well, like um, a lot a lot of things around, yeah, um, in, in integrity and. Um, there were some things that came up which actually brought up old wounds as well and i believe there was black magic that was involved and a lot of like interesting layers to this life but i also learned a lot of phenomenal skills with respect to the, the space around blockchain and cryptocurrencies and just how technology is shaped and how it's going to continue to shape our our future so 
that was beautiful. It also allowed me to step into that role of creative direction and starting to hone some of my skills. Like my my father, he's an you know architect, a designer. Um, my grandfather as well. They used to both build movie sets in the Bollywood back in the day. My grandfather's a, a celebrated art director in India, and like that facet of me, which like I, I have, which I've been bringing forth a bit more, and um, and then yeah, then I and then Bali really that that phase ended at the beginning of last year around the COVID time, hmm. which, which kind of was an interesting time because I was coming back from Bali and from a trip uh, from a six months traveling around Europe and around Asia. And then I came to Bali, then I came back to Australia, which is only meant to be for a few weeks, which ended up being a few months because of the imposed lockdowns and restrictions by the government, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't like, but then I did manage to leave Australia um, the day that I found that I could leave, I left. Hmm. Um, and then I ended up in Greece. And I think that's around the time that we connected. Yes. Which is a year ago, because I just got yeah. a notification today saying one year ago, memory <laughs> in Athens. Wow. Okay. How does that feel? Reflecting back on that. You speak about yeah. This. Yeah. It feels reflecting back on the whole life experience or on the, in the past. Whatever you choose. Yeah, it, it feels like that I've lived a very interesting life. And um, I, it was kind of intentional because even in my 20s, when I was in the airline, I pretty much lived the life of a millionaire without necessarily being one. Hmm. I used to drive like BMW 6 Series. I had like a supermodel girlfriend, like traveling business class and just, you know, living that life. And I'm just like, well, this is great, but it's also meaningless. And hmm. Like I realized that in, in a way I was, I was, it was a blessing to experience a lot young. Mm. I've lived a really full life, but then also I've been cracked open a lot um, through my exploration of self, like through, you know, plant medicines, through meditation, mm. through just what happened to me when I was younger, which is also, it's been a blessing because it helps me to stand in my conviction with what I know to be true. At the same time, it's, been very challenging to reconcile the expansiveness of my awareness with the mundane nature of the, of the human experience. Mm. That's been my challenge and it still is my challenge. Yet I'm excited about the challenge because if I observe myself now being 35 with my level of awareness, my skill set, um, my expertise, my connections, my ability my knowingness and my ability to create consciously, like literally I feel like the world is my oyster. And I'm mm. going to say my, I mean, we, because mm. I don't believe, I believe in a collective creation. So I'm thankful and grateful for every single challenge that has shaped who I am today because they've all been gifts. It could have been easier, 100%, if I was equipped with specific tools or specific people. And it was exactly as it needed to be because I'm right here right now having this conversation with you. So, and for anyone who does not know, where are you and what did happen after Greece? Uh, Okay. So right now I'm in, I'm in Mexico. I'm in San Miguel de Allende. Um, And I'll share the quick rundown about how I got here. So Greece was incredible. I would have gladly stayed there 
if it wasn't for my Australian passport, only allowing three months. Um, from Greece, I was planning to go to Costa Rica. I was also then planning to go to Bali again. I had a visa in motion. The moment that I was going to get my visa stamped, the consulate shut down and there was no end in sight to that process. So I'm like, where's next? Where do I actually go? At this point, Mexico was one of the only places that was open. Um, and I felt a little bit of a pull there, but I was resisting. But then I got very clear guidance. Like it was clear as day that Mexico is the place that I need to go. So I knew a couple of people there, not like in person, just online, just kind of went there and a lot of magic opened up one week in was in a very powerful ayahuasca ceremony only my second i'm not one of those people that sit with this stuff all the time i've only ever sat with ayahuasca twice and it was very very powerful initiation into the land and just seeing the spirits there and just the potency of what's happening also in the world right now um, i ended up being guided to a friend of mine whom gave me her six bedroom house in the jungle to live in so I could create there. And this is all very synchronistic. So I spent about nine months uh, deep in the jungle. Of course, I you know was out of town as well, but predominantly in the jungle, just being stripped back, stripped bare, um, very, a very deep dive into the underworld, you could say that, where I was immersed in nature. So it was so beautiful, so safe. In a lot of my old patterns, my old beliefs, all pain was coming up and there was a period of time when I was going through a real death process whilst in the physical body uh, where I couldn't move I could barely speak I was in deep emotional pain and literally like I was dying and I was being and I know that we, we were connected during that time Sebastian and mm -hmm. um, yeah it was a real powerful initiation it was very scary and painful yet I knew that there was a deeper aspect of me that was being shifted. Um, and it was almost like my nervous system was being recalibrated and a lot of uh, pent up emotion was being released through me. And during this period of time, to give context, I've also been taking uh, like a master coaching program that's actually Stephanos and Christine and um, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. I've created this program for master coaches, which is very much focused on tra trauma and somatics and a myriad of tools. So joining that program also started to kick up some, some stuff inside of me, but also mm. provide more of a health space to work through these layers. So the last six months has been a lot of that deep work in the jungle. And then finally, about a month ago, I kind of got the go ahead that it was time to leave to leave the jungle, which I was madly in love with. But at the same time, it's not easy. It's no small feat living in the jungle. Yep. That's for sure. Um, and I recognized that I'm like, fuck, I actually did that. And that's actually to be commended because the average person wouldn't have lasted like one week there. Um, mm. And now I'm in the center of Mexico in a really beautiful, inspiring town where I'm planning to ground down for a bit because finally I feel like like, wait, I can just be in one space. I don't need to be consistently moving. I can just enjoy my relationship. I can like create things without feeling rushed whilst being stable. And I don't have to worry about anything. Mm. This is a new, this is a new feeling for me. So I'm embracing that. That's where I'm at now. 
So for anyone where all these concepts in your journey sounds very wild in the sense of how is it possible that you're going through these um, growth moments of almost near-death experiences and almost close to taking your life and the trauma and you're speaking in the sense that there are stuff underneath the surface that a lot of people might not know is there and they don't know how to access. I personally experience it as it shows, everything shows in the body in one way or another, whether you like it or not. And it depends on how open you are. What are steps you think for a regular person that this might sound very strange to, to take, mm. to even start exploring what might be underneath the surface and why mm. would they? what is the benefit? Yeah. Um, great question. Well, I'll start with the, with the benefit first. And the benefit is, well, self-awareness and inevitably freedom, you know, from whatever unseen ghosts from your past that may be influencing you in the present moment. And, you know, we have different layers to our mind. You know, we have a, a conscious mind, which is our surface level interface with reality. Then we've got the subconscious layers, which, you know, it's the dream realms and, you know, like these archetypical influences that may be shaping us um, from society, from culture, from ancestral paradigms. And then there's the deep, deep, endless unconscious depths of our being, which hold so much wisdom and beauty, whilst at the same time, they hold a lot of the fragments of our psyche that may be lost or, or shattered and these influences, they'll always seep into your current reality in some way, shape or form through some repeated behavior, through a way that you respond to environmental conditions, through your compulsions, your beliefs, whatever it might be. So if you desire, like I do, to be in quote unquote control of your world to as much as we can be, it's imperative that we start to understand our own uniqueness our own energetic constitution and what influence are still there and start working towards uh, bringing awareness and inevitable healing and integration of those parts and um, it's a deep process this is like lifetimes worth of work right and a very simple way to begin that process of introspection would be to begin journaling like such a simple practice and journaling what that allows specifically when you are using a pen and even better if you're using your alternate hand because it creates a direct connection between your subconscious mind and this physical world and you can start to bring to the surface and start to process what's within you so that it's actually in this reality and then that opens up potential pathways for exploration which could be like i recommend working with someone somebody that's uh, trauma-informed that can assist. And not everyone has been through like crazy trauma, right? Like being raped or like, you know, uh, beaten up or kidnapped, whatever. You could have just been teased as a child one time and that could have created a very powerful imprint in your, in your psyche that could be influencing you today. So hence why I say let's normalize trauma as a subject because it's part of our human dynamic and um, it's imperative because 
end of the day, if you're like me and you decide to show up in your relationships to self, to your loved ones, to your family, to the planet, from a place of wholeness and integrity, then we need to come from a place of, of truth and transparency where we're not always just projecting our um, our like lack of safety or our compulsions onto others. And that's why it's important. Otherwise, we just create more shit for ourselves over and over again. Mm. So even to this day, and I thought that I've done a significant amount of work and so have you, there are, when I stop and I think, oh, I'm good now, there will always be something that keeps showing up. So this is a path of really being brave too and of humility and surrender and to let go of that you are going to know every single step that comes. And the bliss with this is that you'll experience states that you never thought possible. And mm. you're, you're going to start coming to these realizations that you never understood. Like what Nikhil and I were talking about in the very beginning. Why do I keep on recreating chaos? Why do we keep both doing this? And understanding before you would have been blinded to it. But as you start opening yourself up to these hints, messages, intuition, uh, call it source, whatever you want then you start to understanding and loving yourself more and loving other people and being able to just enjoy life more mm. because you're now just not going through it in a rat race blinded and knowing deep within that there's something that's wrong or off but you just numb yourself with tv whatever pornography whatever cars movies anything and instead you're actually wow I can just be right here right now and enjoy this moment because I love myself and just this, this, this time. And to say that even for me, it's a rare occurrence because it's a, it's a daily practice. Um, and that's when I hear you speak to your journey. That's what comes up for me. It's a hero's journey for sure. It's uh, and it's damn sure worth it. It's definitely worth it. I, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And um, the beautiful thing about, you know, experiencing pain and challenge and hardship in life is that it creates this opportunity to carve out depth, hmm. right? The depth of feeling. And when you're able to feel such a contrasted experience, like, you know, on one side, there's love. On the other side, there's fear. If you look at a spectrum and whatever emotions are in between that, when we can really understand the nature of fear and when we can meet that with awareness and forgiveness, then we can transmute those experiences into just grand possibilities. And I personally believe that this is why we choose to evolve in this polarized way, it's because we can carve out and cultivate wisdom that we couldn't have if everything was just, you know, love and light, so to speak. With that being said, you and me walking this path and being able to share our truth and guide others, it does make life easier for others as well. And we can learn as long as we are open and it doesn't have to be endless suffering. We can be, we can equip ourselves with tools and resources yep. to more effectively navigate just the day to day, like you were speaking to the day to day navigation of the human experience, which is it's not linear. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you have 
left the airline industry and then you've been how many years has it been now since you left it's probably about seven seven years that's a big leap of faith from what you're saying the s model or the six series bmw the model girlfriend uh, anything that you the luxury lifestyle mm. and i made that leap last year myself incredibly scary a lot of mm. tears a lot of fears anything imaginable coming up but talk about the greatest adventure mm. and fulfillment what are recommendations things to keep in mind anyone they feel like they're stuck but they are too scared to make a change what what are things that you can share to them yeah you gotta gotta ask yourself like um what do you really value in this life right do you know your values and is the way that you are showing up really um, coherent with your values because if they're not then you are out of integrity with yourself and you're going to hate and resent yourself and others and even if that shows up in subtle ways that will just breed into a cancer and destroy you and this life experience is way too short in the grand scheme of things and what really has compelled me is reflecting on you know death and i know that you, you know, you're also practice stoicism in a, in a way and like recognizing that um each day each breath is counted right it's mm. it's noted in a grand abacus in the sky somewhere and like if you start to treat your life like that then you can get your priorities in line and begin to focus on what truly matters to you and if you are not bringing forth into the world what truly matters to you then are you truly serving your purpose here in this world and the way i see it is that in the same sense that every single aspect of nature every single plant every single uh, bug every single animal has a specific role in the ecosystem so do we within our collective communities and within the the sphere of thought around us and your unique experiences in your life give you a very unique and individualized perspective on reality which allows you to create something in this world that only you can bring right so i look at it this way if we are not living fully at our edge in the sense of like meeting our own edge and being true to ourselves then we're kind of just taking up space on a planet that's already overcrowded and personally like i'm not here to take up space and consume i've done that great i'd rather be in the sky somewhere if i'm here how do i express myself to contribute to the world whilst at the same time acknowledging my own artistry and poetic expression because that's a deeper layer about that it's like we're here to also be like be art in motion to glorify creation through how we're showing up through how we express ourselves through how we move through the world and it gets to be what you want it to be this life experience mm -hmm. bottom line yeah. and it can be it can be a a copycat of somebody else's life or some model that's been put in front of you that's just already lined up and has no uncertainty it's just there it's a cog in the wheel or you can choose to meet me on the other side of uncertainty and play in the abstract and unknown and from that place bring forward creation into the world um, and that's what the world needs more originality more creativity yeah joseph campbell has the saying if you know the steps all the steps in your life then it's not your path yeah right 100%. you're walking someone else's you're walking in history and the beauty is 
anyone who might have checked out Joe Dispenza, you have all the freaking power to create what you want to create. But we have this um, loop in our head that it's protective and it's our brain trying to make make sense of things that what has happened in the past, what other people are doing, that it's what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, if you come back to the present and start going with your brain, but also your heart and really using your imagination, what do you want to create? Start becoming creative and then take massive action and consistency. And there's, there's a saying, if you're not sharing your gift with this world, you're doing the world a disservice. Because mm. there's so many copycats, like you said, like we don't need another person doing the same thing. But if someone's doing something original, uh, then hey, that is going to be helpful for all of, all of us. And to take that one step further, it's like the gift that you've been given in your life it's a gift that you have been given by mm. life, by source, by God, call it what you will. And it's not yours to withhold it from the world. Right. It's like a, a bird that like that can sing, but has its mouth taped up. It's like, it's kind of cruel in a way, like your unique song, whatever that might be, is here to be birthed into the world to help uplift and to harmonize this world, your community, your relationships and yourself. And if you hold it inside of you, it's going to be a very, very painful and miserable existence. Yeah. Nikhil, what are you working on right now? Whether that be inner work and also projects and creations. Maybe both. Cool. Yeah. Well, they're, they're all really quite, quite interconnected. There's definitely an inner work taking place, which is just a consolidation of everything in my awareness and a deeper commitment to presence and to being in a state of pure awareness. That's the practice, not always easy, but um, it's high on my high on my agenda right now. And what I'm working on specifically is we'll be birthing a, a men's container, a men's, not just a program, a, a brotherhood, which will have a few facets to it. One facet will be a, um, a three-month online journey where some curriculum will be shared and there'll be some very dynamic experiences within that container. Um, there'll also be a full experience retreat here in Mexico. I'm actually checking out a, a ranch about 20 minutes out of town today. With giant cactuses so that and also like a an ongoing mastermind slash brotherhood so that feels really alive and i know that's also going to assist me in my own integration of my masculine um, pole as well and the world really really needs that so that is the main thing that i'm working towards um, and oh, i'm serving some clients and i'm also in the active exploration of developing a DAO, which means a decentralized autonomous organization, um, which is a, um, a new way of connecting and bringing people together in a decentralized way in order to uh, create and birth new creations, to allocate funds, to create governance, and to just build a new dynamic way of interfacing with each other. So 
I'm looking at that and I'm also feeling into um, what a, a beta interface would look and feel like so that when I build this in, into the world, I can do it in a way that's very intentional and lean and just start using the technology that's already available to start building this. So that's what I'm working on, on mm. I'm tinkering in my mind. Yeah. With so much self-work and such a fascinating journey that you've had a big thing for a lot of entrepreneurs this comes up for me constantly is the financials mm -hmm. how were you able to make it work during all these years now and even today what are tips regarding financials for entrepreneurs or people who are considering this journey it's, it's pretty simple it's like spend less than you make really <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. it's that and, and go go live in bali for a while right mm -hmm. like honestly the big thing for me has been like cutting costs and it's not because like i'm not like i'm not a thrifty person i'm not like it's it's never been part of well, like i'm more like my dad and his thinking where my mom is like very good with money but because i don't need much to make me happy like I need like comfortable, comfortable clothes, good, high quality, vibrant food, like a nice place to live and the ability to travel anywhere. That's it. Like I don't need, I don't have big expenses and big and big costs. So keep your life as lean as possible. That would be like a first step. Look at where you are necessarily just leaking, uh, leaking funds and energy because it's the same thing and just take care of that. And, um, you know, like as long as you've got a, a six month runway of savings to support you, like that's more than enough because if you're not going to go for it in that six months, you're never going to go for it really. So it's just managing your finances, um, just keeping costs low, investing in the important things that's actually going to move the needle, whether that's like mentorship or some software or whether it is like you need to be in a really nice place great because that's going to help you to feel the way that you need to feel um there's that side of things and um, also being realistic like kind of validating your your model as well so that you're not just kind of like kicking the tires and wasting energy onto something that is not going to work or there's no need for it in the marketplace because what's more valuable than your money is like your time mm. right like because you, you your time is literally numbered. So the more clear you are around your values and what it is you're bringing forth into the world, and if you're willing to put in the work for the next 10 years on that specific creation, then it's worthwhile. And then you're going to have to go through the emotions and the initiation because there will be moments, and like I've had, where like money has been like, oh, okay, it's um, it's $1,000 now. I'm like, oh, shit. But then... The good thing is like, I know how to make money online. Mm. It's like, it's this, there's, there's endless money around. It's just like how to get the flow working for you in a way that's going to support you whilst your needs are being met as you build your business. And of course, you know, investing in the right places and being willing to take a risk as well, because it, entrepreneurship is a risk, but it's worthwhile because I see entrepreneurship as creation and we're mm -hmm. creator beings. And right. if we're not creating, then, you know, yeah. 
Nikhil at 45 years old, what advice would he give you? Oh, it'd be pretty simple. It'd be like play more, like laugh more, be lighter, like be, be lighter in your experience because you know, like it, it's not serious, right? It's like life is serious in the sense that everything that we do has a repercussion, but it gets to be more playful, more joyful, more artistic. So just be more present, be more playful and you know, have more fun. Mm. I think that's a just wonderful way to say thank you to you, Nikhil. Mm. This has been a glorious journey and I am so blessed and thankful to be working with you and thank you for the, uh, the medicine and your journey that you shared here today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you and you've played a pivotal role in my journey as well. So I want to really acknowledge that and I'm just excited for the continual unfolding and growth and, and fun and play that's still on the horizon. So thank you for having me. Nikhil, whew. thank you. If you're listening to this, even as a listener, I mean, this guy has helped me. I am working and have worked with him. There's so many phenomenal beings out there and humans who have worked with him. This guy is the real deal. He is just, I mean, check out his social. You can find it himself. Find it yourself in the show notes. So see what he's really up to and the magic that he's putting out. And if you haven't done so, if you want to repay the favor, if you want to be so kind and help us out in this pursuit of sharing this healing message, please on Apple, scroll down, hit five stars on the podcast and subscribe or like any platform, whatever you're listening. This helps us spread the message. Thank you. So it takes you five seconds. Right over here. Mm. Wow. That would be wow. And CrossFit programs, we have two of them, Methodical CrossFit, we have Gymnastics CrossFit program, phenomenal programming, I do it myself, the proof is in the pudding, you'll see it, feel it, I mean experience it, three to five days a week, easy to follow along with videos, instructions, I'll be there coaching you as well. So if you want to check that out with a free trial with 15% off, Safina, all caps, 15 at safina.io or safinastrength.com, and I'll see you there. Send you much love.